It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Mike Conley, how good is he? Oh boy, am I ever excited for that. We'll talk some more about Mike Conley. Plus, we're live on Locked on Live today, taking your comments, your thoughts, and your questions throughout the day. It is Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. We are live everywhere today. We are locked on live, live on Twitter, on Periscope, on Facebook, on Instagram at DLock09, on Twitch, and on YouTube as we bring you the show from all different directions. So jump aboard. And join us. I got one thing I want to talk about today on the show, and then I'm going to open it up to you uh, largely. The more I get ready for the season, the more I get excited for the season. The thing that jumps out to me is Mike Conley. Everyone is kind of commenting on different things, and I'm most excited about this, or I'm most excited about that. But let me tell you what. The thing I'm most excited for is Mike Conley. I'm going to start there, then take your comments and your questions uh, whether it's from Facebook or Twitter or Twitch or Instagram, we'll try to get to all of them uh, on the show uh, for you today. Today's show brought to you by our great sponsors as well. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who supports the show uh, as we get ready for the next year. Uh, it's, it's really just an honor to have everybody renewing uh, and being a part of the show. So I really appreciate that. All right, let, let's get to Mike Conley. Um, I was scanning through some things last night and looking at Mike Conley's pick and roll play last last year. And if you look at what he did last year with the Memphis Grizzlies, what he might be able to do. Yesterday we talked about playing pairs. Like I wonder whether we should just have him on the floor with Rudy Gobert running pick and roll the whole time. So if you go and take a second and look at last year's Jazz pick and roll, I mean, we think of Ingles and Favors as being this dominant, dominant pick and roll combination last year. And in many ways, it it was. It was really, it was quite super. Uh, But they averaged .98 points per pick and roll. But actually, Ingles was a little bit better with Gobert than with Favors. Donovan Mitchell last year on the pick and roll was .91 points per pick and roll. He's bad with Favors. At .83, he was pretty darn good uh, with Rudy Gobert at .92. And Ricky Rubio was our best. Ricky Rubio was a 1.0. He was .99 with uh, Gobert, a little bit better favors. And actually the play that really worked was kind of him and, and Jake Crowder. But so of the returning guys, our best pick and roll guy is Joe Ingles at .97 and Donovan Mitchell at .91. .97, .91. Let's go to Mike Conley. Last year with a not good Grizzlies team, 1.0, 1.0 pick per pick and roll, Mike Conley. It's absolutely, now, Marcus Gasol, he was 1.02. Jaron Jackson, the rookie, 0.98. Joe Akeem Noah, 1.12. 
Jonas Valanciunas, 0.98. And what jumps out to me even more than those numbers, and understanding that Shelvin Mack and Garrett Temple aren't great, but when you suddenly start to look at what he was comparative to the other guards that are on that roster, he's really great. Like those, those same guys, not with Mike Conley, are not good. DeLon Wright and Joaquin Noah, 0.81. Jonas Valanciunas, 0.89. Shelvin Mack, who's not a great pick and roll guy, but he's not terrible. Jaron Jackson, 0.83. Joaquin Noah, 0.75. I mean, this guy is an expert pick and roll, understanding how to play. Let's go to 16 17. Two seasons ago, 0.95 with Gasol, 0.95 with Zach Randolph, 0.95. And then you look at the other guys and it's awful. So first you've got Mike Conley joining this team who's just an incredible, incredible pick and roll player. Then you start to dig into some other aspects of Mike Conley and it gets even more exciting. Because I think we're not tremendously surprised by what he can do with the ball in his hands, right? Like, that, that you know, I think we expect Mike Conley to be a great pick-and-roll player. That's, he's one of the better point guards in the league. But what he might be able to do with one of the best pick-and-roll roll guys in the league, I mean, Rudy Gobert is the best roll guy in the league, gets pretty exciting. Then you start to dig into him a little bit. So, His floor is not dramatically tilted. He's a little bit better on the right side than the left side. And that makes that's a little surprising because that's him going to his right hand, but sometimes left hand shooters like that. He shot a better he shot at forty four percent on the angle right, just thirty two percent angle left. So a little surprising. And and then you dig into his various shot types and what he's good at. So he's an he's a great floater shooter. Fifty percent floater shooter. One of the best in the league. It's not a great efficient shot, but he's better than everyone else in the league. What he wasn't great at last year was layups. Like, that could be a sign of age. That could be a little disconcerting. Or that's a sign that he didn't have any space on the floor. And when he now is out there and gets space on the floor, what he's going to be able to do is tremendous. But one of the, some of the things that get just incredible are when you start looking at his off-ball action. And his off-ball action is stuff that he never got to do. So, he drove the ball 13 times a game. His points per drive, 1.05, one of the best in the league. Three isolations a game, not great. Pick and roll ball handler, 31 times a game last year. And one of the better ones in the league. But when you start to look at stuff he got to do off the ball, catch and shoot shooter. 59% effective field goal percentage from Mike Conley. What happens if, like, Mike Conley's open? So Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell makes a play. Bojan Bogdanovic, who I met yesterday for the first time, uh, delightful. Uh, And and, and interesting. Uh, What happens if Mike Conley gets something off of Jeff Green's action? Now, all of a sudden, you've got this guy who, in the half court last year, overall, he's in the 78th percentile because he's in the 81st percentile of pick-and-roll ball handlers. But spot-up shooting, he's in the 85th percentile. But 42% of his action last year 
came on pick and roll. So what happens if we let him play? Unguarded catch and shoot, Mike Conley's effective field goal percentage is 76%. Holy smokes. Off the dribble, he shoots 43%. He's not quite as good, right? Effective field goal percentage, 43. And his pull-up for jumpers are, you know, he's when he's driving, we just talked about that driving right and he pulls up. He's actually a little bit better than driving left. Not a huge sample size on all of it. And his pick-and-roll stuff is just exquisite. But his open catch-and-shoot stuff is world-class. Like, it's the best there is in the league. It's kind of a crazy thought that he suddenly gets to play off the ball and get opportunities. As a pick-and-roll guy, he goes off the pick 82% of the time. So you're using Gobert at a high rate, but also just filthy enough that if you're going to overplay it, you're going to double, you're going to do things, he's going to abuse you. Now what Mike Conley brings to the Jazz is super, super exciting. And the more I dig into it, the more excited that I get about it. It's pretty cool. All right, I want to open it up for questions, get your thoughts, but I wanted to share kind of that's where I am right now on Mike Conley. Super excited uh, about things. Friend of mine today, Jason Shepard, emailed me. Uh, probably many of you know Jason Shepard. Uh, does a bunch of work over at KSL and said, hey, I'm looking for a loan. Should I do intercap? Absolutely. This is not just me telling you guys. This is me telling my friends to go to Steve Carter over at Intercap. Intercap does amazing work in the loan world. They have been in the business for 40 years. Josh Romney brought them back to Utah. And as of June 30th of this year, they exceeded all of last year's numbers. Why? Because they get deals done. They are headquarters in Utah. They're hyper-responsive. Embrace change. Browser ex- the borrowing browser experience. The borrower experience is terrific. And... Steve Carter is our guy. 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Steve Carter will give you the Locked On Jazz corporate discount and will take care of you. The reviews that keep coming in from Intercap are just otherworldly. And they got consistently great because Steve Carter goes out of his way uh, to make sure that everyone gets that experience. So I'm telling Jason Shepard, a friend of mine, I'm going to see him all the time. I'm not making this up. 385-800-8528. Call Steve Carter. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465, intercaplending.com. And Intercap's done some neat programs uh, in the neighborhood as well. I was talking with Brock last, last night, who is the president over there, and he was telling me that they ran this absolutely fabulous uh, campaign to get kids backpacks, um, really just, I, I, I wish that somehow he involved us, but uh, to their credit, they took two Title I schools, one in West Valley, one in Orem, and brought, bought school supplies and backpacks for every student at those schools. And then the first day of school, Intercap employees organized an event where each student got to come through and select all their supplies. Great, great member of our community, helped over 1,700 fully supplied elementary students. It's Intercap Lending. Super appreciate all they are doing. Uh, I've also been telling you about Stealth Media, pretty interesting company. I've gotten to know Eric and the guys over there a little bit recently. AT&T and DirecTV together to give you the best experience you can have. They First of all, when I think about DirecTV, I don't always think about taking it with you, but that's what DirecTV does now on your app. Take it with you with your AT&T. It does not count 
as uh, any of your uh, data usage. If you're on AT&T streaming your DirecTV, 72-hour rewind on your DVR, and Sunday Ticket is free in the first year. You get the best quality HD network. You combine your AT&T and DirecTV. You get the best coverage. You save money, and you take it on the go. Call Eric and Stealth Media at 385-399-4186. That's 385-399-4186. Is it time for you to make the switch? Then do it with Stealth Media, 385-399-4186. Plus, Eric will give you a $100 gift card if you mention that you're with Locked On Jazz. That's 385-399-4186. gift card. Plus, Eric and Stealth Media sells big man cave TVs for more uh, for less than you can get at Best Buy. Bigger size, better uh, selection over there. So get, talk to Eric about that as well. 385-399-4186 if you're ready to make the switch. All right, let's get to our questions and our comments. Thanks to those watching over on our Instagram feed today. We threw that up for a little fun. Uh, if you do not follow me on Instagram, dlock09 at gmail, uh, dlock09, we will be uh, doing jazz updates, news updates, uh, daily kind of minute quick uh, story updates for you throughout. So follow me there for your jazz news, kind of the most up-to-date uh, things that you can get there. Let's go to the browser, get the various chat rooms uh, that are coming in. From Jesse Riggs, what do you think of Royce starting for Joe Ingles? I think it's an interesting idea. So, I personally am a believer in putting your best five players on the floor at all times. Okay, so that's that's a big one for me. I like to have my best five players on the floor at all times. Uh, if, so that would be Joe Ingles. But if you're trying to keep Joe Ingles' numbers down at 32 years old and have him down playing a few more minutes, less minutes, if Emmanuel Moutier is still a little bit of a question mark with his ball handling and Dante Exum and you want Joe in that second group, and if you don't want to wear out Royce, uh, Joe Ingles and wear out uh, Bojan Bogdanovic by having to guard fours, then maybe you go with Royce O'Neal as you're starting for. I would suspect that, that the, the, the discrepancy of fours across the Western Conference, from Anthony Davis to Jaron Jackson Jr. to Chris Depp to Dwight Powell to Robert Covington to P.J. Tucker, they're all so different that I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Jazz don't alternate using that four in different ways. Joe starts some of the time. Royce starts some of the time. Jeff Green starts some of the time. I could see somewhat of an interaction there. Now, it changes a little bit what you're doing in the rest of your rotation, and that gets a bit complicated, but I could see them doing uh, those kind of things. So, uh, you know, I, I think the idea of Roy starting over Joe is legitimately. Let's go over to our Instagram. When uh, Was Mike Conley ever an All-Star? If not, why do you think that is? And do you think Rudy or Donovan will make the All-Star team this year? So Mike Conley has never been an All-Star. Honestly, the reason is because I think Mike Conley's borderline all-star player. Like, there's years where Mike Conley could have made the all-star game or should have. But that's a loaded position of Damian Lillard and Chris Paul and Dame didn't make him. Remember how hard it was for Darren to make the all-star game? So I think a lot of those things um, are just a case of, like, I'm actually, like, I've always heard that Mike Conley's the most underrated player in the league. And I'm not sure, I think Mike Conley's terrific, and I think everyone knows Mike Conley's terrific. And I sometimes think that Mike Conley's actually the most appropriately rated player in the league. He's right on the edge of being an all-star. He's considered every year. He hasn't made it yet, 
But that's a high level to be there because it's really, really hard to make an all-star team. So that's not being critical at all. I think that's just maybe, um, you know, if that's uh, that's what it looks like from, you know, I think his situation. Will Donovan or Rudy make the all-star team this year? There's a chance. I mean, if we have the number one seed and we're rolling at that point of the season, uh, then probably two of our guys uh, make the all-star team. What would be interesting is if Conley and Donovan are both having great seasons, do you reward the young kid for his first chance or do you reward the veteran for his first chance? That will be interesting for voters. Uh, has there been any movement on a possible Royce O'Neal extension? <clears throat> Honestly, I'd have to look at the numbers on that. Royce is so low that my understanding off the top of my head without researching it at all is that you would have to use open cap space for Royce for an extension. We don't have that because we spent a lot of money in the offseason. So I don't know how what you would have to do. You probably actually might know more than me. I'll be totally honest. I am not prepped on the Royce O'Neal extension thoughts um, at all. Uh, so let me look into that, see what I can do on that. I was not prepared. I hadn't thought about it. Uh, do you see our shot quality changing with how often Bojan shoots mid-range shots last year in Indiana? I think, you know, one of the great edges the Jazz had last year, it's a great question uh, coming off our Periscope, but... Uh, one of the great edges the Jazz had last year was their analytics and their money ball of shot selection, both offensively and defensively. The players they brought in, Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovic, Emmanuel Moutier, like the mid-range and use it. And might use it more than you'd like. And I think there's going to have to be an adjustment on all of their parts. And frankly, the same way there's a little adjustment by Donovan. You're not going to get rid of mid-range shots, but... You probably like them to be about 20% of your shots, not 25, not 28%. And so if you can try to get those guys to, to move one of those mid-range shots to a three or drive in and instead of taking that floater by Conley, kicking to Bojan or Joe Ingles. You know, he Conley hasn't played with this kind of shooters. Donovan hasn't. Bojan was asked to carry the load. Um, so I think that those are really uh, going to be – it's going to be interesting to see – how those guys evolve, but it's a it's a very go, good point. Let's go to the top of this chart. Matt Moon, of course, wants to know uh, to introduce me to Joe. Wants to know if he can be introduced to Joe Ingles. Well, hello, Matt Moon. Uh, always nice to see you. Thanks for all the hellos there. Uh, person listening in Sri Lanka, nice hello to you as world. Um, excited about Mike Conley. A little nervous about the backup point guard spot. I guess it's the biggest worry will be okay. That's from Craig Emmett on Facebook. It's a great point. I mean, at some point here, when you're paying $30 million for your start, your center, and when you're paying $30 million as well for your point guard, and we're not paying Rudy 30 but you get it, you're going to have to have some cheap backups. And Emmanuel Moutier has got to be better than he's been in his career to this point. And it, frankly, I'm a little concerned about it also. He's been so negative. Uh, guys I respect around the league say to me, like, if he turns out to be a player, I'll be stunned. Uh, and then, you know, you've got two guys in Emmanuel Moody and Dante Exum that one of them's got to step forward and be ready to go. And one of them's got to show they can be a point guard or else Joe's going to have to do that. Uh, so I think it's, you know, and by the way, the backup point guard spot in the NBA is changing where it just becomes kind of a collective effort. Um, and the same way the backup center position is becoming a non-center. So really, as as the game evolves is where you're seeing this kind of positionless basketball more and more. And I think that that's, um, so maybe we'll see that. But I agree, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I got asked yesterday with Jake and Gordon on the afternoon show, you know, what do I, what's the storyline I most think, 
know, the storyline for me in preseason is those guys, is whether Moutier and whether Dante gets ready or if, he, if he's ready for the start of the season. Those are the storylines to me. Um, but I think that, you know, the most important one to watch is, you know, Mike Conley. And, and I think the great thing about this roster is that it's going to be dictated on how Donovan and Rudy do and how they get better. Does Quinn Snyder's offense change how much hands off uh, there is? Uh, that's from our Instagram account. I think it'll change only in the sense you're so good now that so much of the offense that Quinn has had to run over the years has been in order to try to create advantages for players in a situation where you didn't have advantages. And now he's got a team that's good enough that he doesn't necessarily need to do that. And I think that might be what gives you, you know, changes the most is that every now and then you can just come down, get into an early pick and roll. If the Jazz could move one or two possessions that they have out of that zero to four area and put it into the middle of the clock, that would make a big difference for who they are. Uh, when in the season do you think we'll know what we have here? What indicators are you looking for? Oh, I think you'll know early. I think, uh, you know, I, I'd like, are they elite offensively early on? Can they still be elite defensively early on? We play some pretty darn good teams early. And Oklahoma City's going to be good early. The Lakers, uh, the Kings, Phoenix, Clippers, athletically against both Sacra Sacramento, I think will be an interesting game to watch and see. They ran by us last year. Are they able to do that again? Uh, or can we get back defensively? Uh, so I, I think that's... Uh, early on, I think we'll know early. And then the question's going to just be, are we as good offensively as we think, and can we stay anywhere near defensively? I do think there's a chance that we, you know, we roll. We're the number one seed, and then the question is, and Royce Young today on Locked on NBA really said a lot of the same thing. Are you concerned about Conley's health this season or about point guard position depth? So I'm not really concerned, per se, about Conley's health, uh, though Kevin Pelton and his projections only had him playing 60 games. He is a plus 30-year-old point guard, so that's of concern. There's no question uh, that you get concerned about that idea, that he's a plus 30-year-old point guard. Uh, but, you know, he, his, he's had some significant injuries that meant he lost a lot of games. I'm not sure I buy the narrative that he just misses X amount of games um, every single year uh, along the way. And I, we've talked about the backup point guard position. It's real. Like, it's absolutely, it's absolutely real. That's But that's the gamble uh, and the risk you're taking. Today's show brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. The new Palisade is crushing it out in Linden, uh, barely keeping in stock. They've got some at Murray. Jason Cress over there is the guy who helped us out when we bought our Hyundai Santa Fe. And that Hyundai Santa Fe that we bought is actually very similar to the Palisade now. The Palisade is now the eight-seater, all the safety features, all the bells and whistles. And that's the signature of Hyundai, how much you can get for your car. If you're in the market for a car right now, Make sure you take a minute and at least stop by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street or in Linden or up in Logan if that's more comfortable for you and at least see what you can get. Maybe you don't like the look of the Kona or the Tucson or the Santa Fe. Maybe the Sonata or the Lantra sedans are what you're liking. That's fine. But at least find out what you can get for your car, for your dollar by looking at Murdoch Hyundai. The Hyundai, the Murdochs, excuse me, have been in Utah for over 90 years, connected to our community. They are going to make sure you have a no regrets experience when you stop by Murdoch and stop by 4646 South State Street. Check out the great SUV lineup, starting with a little Kona, the zippy fast one, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, and now the Rockstar Palisade that's taking the car world by storm. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden.
Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here. If it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. All right, back to your questions. Tell us your thoughts on the Jazz being the only team with a starting five in the top 100. I mean, we're Joe Shannon uh, from Facebook. I think it's, you know, I don't know that that's our starting five. That will be determined. But the fact that we have five players in the top 100, that we have five players, I think we're close to the top 75. There's, that's what this team has. We don't have the players in the top 10, right? So there is a feeling, and Royce Young said this today on Locked in NBA, that we're going to be a regular season team. And then can we get the number one seed? Can we take, use the home court advantage to be able to make a run in the playoffs? But uh, we, we are lacking the, you know, the Lakers have two top 10 players. The Clippers have two top 10 players. The Rockets have one top 10 player, two top 20 players. Uh, and then the Lakers don't have another top player till the 90s on the top 100 list. And the Rockets don't really either. Eric Gordon kind of, P.J. Tucker's in there at somewhere they get slim fast. Frankly, the Clippers, Lou Williams will be interesting to see if he has the same value as he had on that previous team. I'm not sure that he really will. Uh, Mitch Young says there are reports that Dante's grown to six, five, uh, or excuse me, six, eight. I have not seen that. I talked to Dante the other day, had a great time with him. Uh, don't didn't ask him that. So I don't know. Why do people seem to say Donovan didn't play well in FIFA? Uh, I thought non-expert. He did well. I, I thought he showed great levels of improvement in FIBA. Uh, they did, or they did not play well. You know, the USA team. I thought he probably could have taken over more than he did, and more than he realized he could at the time. Uh, and I think that he, um, you know, I think in retrospect he may have acquiesced a little bit to his high-profile teammates and trying to be a good teammate when he might have been the best player on that team. Uh, and. Could have done maybe more as he tried to in the, to bring the team back in France. But that's not how that team was made up. That's not what Popovich was looking for. He played inside the system as it was supposed to be. Uh, it's a little interesting to me that Kemba and Donovan weren't more dominant when Ricky Rubio and Thomas Sadoransky and others were able to be that dominant. Uh, that seems like a little bit of a lack of understanding of the of the FIBA game and what took place there by the U.S. in that. Series, in that. Uh, where do we match up defensively against the best teams in the West? So Kevin Pelton uh, and I were chatting last night, and Kevin actually sent me his projections um, of what he has for the Jazz. So he has us, uh, according to teams in the West, who does he have better than us in the West defensively? I'm looking right now. Um, 
Well, he doesn't seem to have anyone in the West better than us defensively. Interesting. Um, Denver he has as a 107. Warriors at a 106.8. Jazz at a 106.0. So he is still projecting us as the number one defensive team in the West. He has Miami and Milwaukee better overall. But he still has the Jazz as the third best defensive team in the NBA. I mean, if we're the third best defensive team in the NBA, we're going to be the number one seed in the West. Like, that's crazy. But if Rudy Gobert's that great that we're still a top five team in the NBA defensively, I, I think we're going to be a top five or ten team offensively too. But I haven't run the numbers yet. And you know what? The the It's going to get interesting when I run the numbers, and I'll try to do it t- coming up this probably next week. That'll be the show. I'll do it this weekend if I can. I, I, I think the interesting thing on there is, you know, Moody and Exum are really negative. We have negative players that are we're going to have to overcome um, that we haven't had to do in the in the past. Good question from Kaiser. Eric Wood, I still do not understand how anyone is nervous about a backup point guard spot when last year we had Neto as a backup. Because Neto is an efficient, good shooter, and these guys have not shown it. Jingle Bells or something of the sort uh, will want to, Who's the backup, Moody or Exum? I don't know if Dante is going to be ready to go. So if Dante's not ready to go for training camp, like I just don't know, then that gets easy. If they're both there, I think you try to play them equally and let them kind of work the – have a different, uh, have a different feeling, you know, the a, a different responsibility. So they both aren't solely responsible for that. So I, I don't know if it'll clearly be that one. It's not like I, I don't think necessarily that Moutier or Exum is stealing each other's minutes. I think they both could play uh, if it plays out. I mean, the thing on Neto is they just was never healthy, right? So at some point you have to decide something else because he just could not ever. And every time he played extra minutes, he got healthy. Uh, will there be load management with Conley throughout the season? I got to tell you, I might be on an island here. I think load management's crock. I mean, I think the fatigue is real, but like, I don't even know. There's no study that shows you whether taking a game off or taking three minutes off every night is better. Like, I just think the narrative has gotten ahead of the science. I guess, let me rephrase that. I don't know if I think it's a crock. I think the narrative has gotten way ahead of the science. I don't know what the science on load management is. And if you, you know, like in somewhat the causation versus correlation here, the, the guys who play the most minutes still all play a lot of games. Who's our next all-star? Well, if we're top five defensively, it's Rudy. Will the Pelicans be a new old money ball team posting up with a small but weak power forward pretending to be power forwards? Interesting. I, there are, from Brandon Whiteside, there are about seven teams in the NBA that I, like, cannot wait to watch. That, that like, when the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the 76ers, us, I'll, I'll watch us every way, but otherwise, I'm watching every single minute of their games in the first, like, I'll be downloading every one of their games to see what's going on with them. Indiana's interesting to me. Not really that interesting, but might be. Um, so we'll see. Uh, let's take some more questions. Other than Conley and Bojan, what offseason pickups are you most excited for? Well, I mean, I think Jeff Green and Ed Davis are just veterans. Like, they're just pros. They just know how to play. So I think that has a lot of value to it. Um, where do you see the Jazz finishing the postseason as a guest right now? You know, I, I it's the Western Conference. I can tell you that I could see the Jazz losing in the first round of the playoffs when Clay Thompson comes back. 
and all of a sudden you're the two seed and you got the Warriors as the seven seed and Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green are rolling with D'Angelo Russell as your fourth best player. So in the postseason, you know, I think for all the talk, must be Denver could be the number one seed too. I actually think that Denver and Utah will be battling Houston for the one, two, or three, which means the Lakers and Clippers could be like the four or five matchup. Or the Lakers slipped to six, you're three, and now you got LeBron and Anthony Davis in the first round of the playoffs? Holy. Yeah, right. Is Mike Conley going to be better or worse for Rudy than Ricky Rubio was? I would suspect Mike Conley will be much better than for Rudy. I think Mike Conley and Ricky and Rudy Gobert could be quite a dynamic duo of the pick and roll. In fact, like coaching from a studio in Park City, Utah, I think I would mirror those guys as much as possible. I would have them together. Uh, I, I would, I would let them play as much as they possibly could together and see what they what they figure out together. Because I think that pick and roll could be incredible, and then relieve some of the burden on Donovan. Could the Jazz be, get three All Stars? Hey, uh, can can I, can I comment on our All Star obsession today? Like, let's go for wins. Let's go for wins instead of an All Star obsession. A lot of questions about whether we're going to get All-Stars. Who has a better three-point percentage, Bojan or Ingles, at the end of the year? I would probably guess Bojan. But Joe might be wide open as the fifth option. And then it could be really interesting. A few more questions. Uh, With the talent more equally spread, will coaching be more important than ever? Maybe. If they are, it's to our advantage, as you point out, Quinn's. And the staff are amazing. They've been working hard. They just finished a three-day retreat going through everything and you could ever imagine about the team. Um, so they are, I mean, they are working hard to be ready for this season. Which team in the West concerns you the most matchup-wise? Well, interestingly enough, I actually think that Minnesota is a bad matchup for us because Carl Anthony Towns causes problems for Rudy and we don't have Derek Favors to cover that up anymore. Uh, I think that the Clippers are good and they're going to be able to put defensive players at all of our scorers. So that gets interesting um, and makes and makes things hard. So um, I, I would probably say, you know, matchup, just purely matchup. I think that that Minnesota is actually the one that causes us a lot of problems because anybody who has a big that moves Rudy out causes us problems. Where is Rubio ranked in the top 100? It was great to see him have success. I think he was in the 70s. Boy, he just was great, wasn't he? Uh, a lot of talk shows hold the Jazz as a mid-playoff team with Conley uh, walking into the greatest floor spacing opportunity of his career. Shouldn't there be seen as a home court advantage? Sure, but you got to tell me what team's not. Like, a home court advantage lock is what you're telling me. Sure, except that you got to tell me what team is not a home court advantage lock. Houston, Clippers, Denver, Utah, Lakers. Who's not? If you're going to go there. I think the Clippers' lack of size will be a problem for them. Uh, Why do they have lack of size? I don't see them as a lack of size. Um, It was nice to meet you too this weekend. Thanks for saying hi. Um, You mentioned having the best players play together for more time together. Is that better for your team? Really good for some... It's an interesting debate of, I'm cutting the question short from Devin Scott on, Stott on Facebook. It's an interesting debate of whether you're better off having your best players all on the floor together and then, you know, like Doc Rivers used to play a starting five and then play his other guys and then just play a starting five for so many minutes and be so much better that he could survive those. 
What's unique to us is we have five really good players, and so you, I think, can almost have three. You can decide that you're going to have Bojan and Ingles on the floor together most of the time together, and you have, and I don't know if that's good or not. I just made that up. It might not be athletically great. Uh, and then you're going to have Conley, Donovan, and Rudy on the floor together. Or you could decide you're going to have Donovan and Ingles on, like, you could just play with it however you want. And you're going to have Conley and Rudy on the floor together at all times. And then in the other times, you're always going to have Donovan and Bojan on the floor with Ingles. I don't know. You could, But we have depth so that you can then, we should be able to have two to three elite level players on the floor at all times, which is what makes the Jazz a particularly good regular season team. That is Locked on Jazz, Locked on Live. Thanks for joining. Lots of comments today. Super to have you involved. Appreciate you tuning into the show on the various formats. And great to have you. Thanks so much. This has been Locked On Live, a production part of Locked On Jazz and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday... We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.